All right, Sam. So welcome to episode one of the Auto Network. Thank you. Thank you, Blake. I greatly appreciate the, uh, the it's invite. A, it's a pleasure to have you on. You've been a huge inspiration with Premiere in the last year, I'd say. I've been watching you and everything that you do. And uh, man, I mean, calipers, wheels, you guys are killing it. Thank you. Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. You know, just like you know, everything starts with... Uh, with a small vision and then with time and with the right team and the right uh, focus, you're able to grow anything that you can, that you can imagine. Um, and that's why we're able to make it to where we are today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I see that passion in you every day in your stories and the way you run the business and how transparent you are in the stories. Um, your passion really shines through. And I think that's huge, man, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in this case, um, if you don't love what you're doing, it's, it's not going to come out as true as it should be. Uh, and you're not going to put your heart into it. Uh, and I think the reason why we are where we are today is because we're, we're devoting every second of our day to, to our craft. And I tell my people that it just it happens that I'm doing wheels. My number one goal is to serve my people, to inspire them, to basically bring out the greatness within them. Um, because as I help them grow, they're going to help me grow in return. And that's why for the past six years, we were able to scale our business to the degree that we're currently in. And it's, uh, it's a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wanted to talk to you about that. Now, how, how did RTP come about? How did it happen? So in this case, it all started um, out of college. Um, I was constantly jumping from one business to the next. And my number one goal was to work less and make more money. And all of a sudden, I see a friend of mine on Snapchat, constantly washing wheels and counting cash. I'm like, yeah. what is this guy doing? <laughs> so I decided to, uh, to have lunch with him one day. And he said, man, all I do is I buy wheels off Craigslist. I wash them and I sell them for double the price. I yeah. Like, Say no more. So I started that. But then I realized selling wheels is not an everyday product. Um, yeah. And uh, at that point, I said, you know what? Let me take my first step of actually painting a wheel. So I bought my first BMW M Parallels for $100 and I painted them charcoal. And within a week, I sold them for $1,000. And then wow. all of a sudden something just clicked in my mind. I said, man, there, there must be an industry out yeah. there that has the ability to serve clients with, uh, with changing their wheels and, and repairing them. Uh, so after I graduated uh, in 2015, I started working for, uh, for my competition. Um, within, uh, within a few months, I met uh, their manager who's been in the industry for over 16 years. Uh, Felipe, and we decided to become partners. And at that point, I I just I took the leap. I started yeah. out of my own garage. Uh, I bought my uh, my welding machine. I bought a straightening machine, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna start. This is my chance. Okay. Uh, and we just we started working. Um, I started going out and selling every single day. As I sell to these commercial accounts, I would bring the wheels, repair them, and typically deliver back the same exact day. And there's moments, Blake, where as I'm working on a wheel, repairing it in my home garage, a shop would call. I would go upstairs, change my clothes, go pick it up, bring it back, repair it, change my clothes again to, you know, so I, that way I look presentable and deliver it back to them. Yeah. And I remember one time it was an MTB shop and they said, uh, man, it seems like we're your only customers. And at that point, I'm, I'm the small business owner with barely any wheels. I was like, oh, no, no. Our, you know, my number one goal is convenience. That's why we do same day, same day service. <laughs> but just the excitement yeah. deep inside that these big companies are trusting a, a young 
uh, a young business like ourselves. Um, and at that point, it just it started sparking, it's sparking a lot of fire and the vision just started getting bigger and bigger. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of it came because of my business partner, Felipe, uh, yeah. his experience in the industry and his vision was a lot bigger than mine because he's been working with big companies. Oh, yeah. So, so over time, his vision uh, became my vision and together we started working on it. And because of that, we are where we are today. Yeah. So, you know, I'm guessing he's been a mentor to you as well, hasn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yes. So Felipe, he's almost double my age. Uh, when I started this business, I was 21. Uh, and Felipe was maybe early 40s at that point. Um, I learned a lot from him. I learned uh, the importance of patience. Um, and I think that's that's the biggest lesson that has gave me the ability to propel my life on a, on a personal side first and give me the ability to kind of grow into the leadership position that I've always wanted to be in. Um, so yeah, he's, he's definitely had a big impact on my life. That's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah. So you guys have definitely, definitely grown that thing together because I see your shop. It's huge. So, uh, you know, I can't, I'm going to get straight into this. I have to ask how many people do you guys manage? How many people do you manage personally? Um, so company-wide where we have over 30 employees. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm in charge of sales and customer service, um, and, uh, and the accounting department. So on my end, there's, um, I would say about 10, about 10 people, uh, okay. in my, in my department. And then Felipe, basically he's the production mindset. He's the gentleman that's taking care of all the repairs, everything that's needed in order for us to produce quality and the efficiency on our production line. Um, and I think with us being able to work together as a team where he doesn't step in my territory, I don't step on his shoes, but we do collaborate and we do come together on a weekly basis to get his opinion and for me to give you my, to give him mine. Um, and together we're able to grow this company. Um, yeah. Being a little bit on this, you know, being connected, but at the same time being separate and being able to work freely on what we think works best for our departments. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> really? I could just only imagine working in a shop of that size and you guys collaborating and handling your team members and just the whole process. I'm in a shop with three guys. It's just me and two other guys. And I know what it's like running that. So I can only imagine throwing 30 people together you know, maybe not working side by side together every day, but you know, we're all collaborating because if, yeah. if I make a mistake, it's going to trickle down through the whole entire process on our production line, whether it's from the dispatching department, as we're picking up wheels, if they make a mistake when they're bringing in a wheel, it trickles down to operations. Now operations trickles down to the ability to deliver a wheel on time or the proper quality. So we're all, we all have to communicate. We all have to work together in order to produce the quality that our customers are, are consistently expecting from us. Um, yeah. And that's when it comes down to having the right team members, the right leaders, and those that actually have the, sh those that share the same focus. Because uh, if you really look at it, when you're playing on a football team, yeah. if the team members are not focused on that same goal, say, for example, they're blindfolded, and yeah. their leaders are, are pushing them. Their leaders Sorry, are just Sam. basically yelling at them from, from behind the, 
sidelines of what they need to do, but the, the players, they're blindfolded. They're not going to achieve the same goal as if they were all on the same, you know, on, on the same goal, on the same track yeah. of achieving the touchdown, for example. Um, and basically, I've, I've taken sports and I've kind of grabbed it into my company to be able to work together as a whole, because just like you said, having 30 plus employees, it's very difficult to have one clear vision and one clear focus. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's, that's my day-to-day challenge of trying to understand ways to keep my guys motivated, uh, trying to understand ways to uh, kind of build that fire within my team members so they can all yeah. row in the same direction, uh, the same direction that me and Felipe are rowing in. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are a team. And, you know, I, I've been in this industry for 11 years and I've worked in shop environments and outside of shop environments. I've worked in a shop with, um, you know, just being straightforward here, I've worked in a shop with six PDR technicians that were all making really healthy income, six figures plus a year. And there were still bickering and problems and, you know, it's getting everybody on the same page and, um, getting everybody to understand we all have the same goal in mind here and um, being able to essentially create a team, whatever team you're trying to create for your business, you know, every business I think is different and has different goals and, and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, that's, that's really what it's all about. You know um, my two guys that I have here with me, one of them's here with me tonight. He's my jockey that I was talking about getting this going, uh, okay. you know, I try to be super transparent with them and tell them every day, every little detail of at 3 PM, I'm trying to go here and do this. And, you know, I, I constantly communicate because I know that communicating with your guys and with your team, that's number one, because as soon as you learn, you lose communication. Um, it's really easy to kind of get off track and, you know, maybe someone feels left out or they don't know what's going on or they don't feel like they're important. And everybody, when it comes to running a business, everybody's important because everybody's a piece of the puzzle, you know, like you were saying with a football team and sports. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See, That's what intrigues me the most about what you do. See, as human beings, we are, we, we crave the feeling of importance. And once we understand yeah. that, especially as leaders, once we understand that our people, they crave that feeling of importance, we try to make it a little bit more of a challenge for us to, um, to figure out ways to get them involved and to give them that feeling of that, that they're contributing to the growth. But once you actually figure out how to get your team all on the same page, how to let your, your, your team basically change their beliefs in the sense of you're no longer an employee, you're actually a business owner contributing every single day. And yeah. actions that you take and decisions that you make they're actually affecting not just the people in your in your department, but that's affecting the whole entire the whole entire company's growth. And once they start feeling that contribution or that importance that you're giving them, everybody starts performing so different because now yeah. they know that they can't just simply depend on you because you're the business owner and they have no stake in it. Yeah, so absolutely. The small things, the small psychological changes uh, that has the ability to uh, to really turn a company around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I want to get into, um, I want to continue on actually with a little bit more about the size of your business because yes. it's, it's so, uh, it's so crazy to me watching you guys. So would you say that at this point, I would definitely say you're probably one of the biggest, you know, custom wheel companies in Atlanta. 
but what about the United States? So in this case, in, in Atlanta, for sure, uh, because we do have uh, two locations that we're currently operating out of. Um, mm -hmm. Again, the way, the way I do it is I don't measure it based on the number of people that I have or the amount of wheels that I'm currently doing. I measure it based on the influence uh, that I have within my industry, uh, within, my, within my community, the, the, the influence yeah. that I have on my people. Um, and again, my number one goal, it just it seems that I'm in the wheel repair industry, but my number one goal is to serve my people and to, empo to empower them and to influence them. Yeah. Um, and that's basically how I measure my, my strengths and my, my size. Uh, nationwide, I'm sure there's bigger companies out there. Like there's Keystone, there's Alloy Wheel Repair Services. Those guys, they're they're nationwide, uh, size wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, with with me, it's my mission is a little bit different than what their mission is. Um, I don't I don't compete on price. I compete on customer service and quality. Uh, and I yeah. think that's what sets me aside from any other competition that's out there. And it's gonna give me the ability to grow a little bit different than what these companies are you know, depending on, it's going to give me the ability to grow a little bit different compared to the strategies that they have in place in order for absolutely. them to the market. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's about the quality of work, the customer service, the, uh, how do, how do I say this? Um, you know, really being able to speak to a person like yourself that makes the customer feel comfortable, right? So they're not just getting the manager of some, some, uh, of, uh, what's the word I'm looking Big for? Sorry, I'm at a loss. Or... No, uh, uh, I want to say branch. I'm thinking of banks right now yeah. it's more <laughs> of, of a location. It's not like a manager of a location. They're, they're getting Sam, you know, the, the customer, you know, they see the, you're the face of the company. You're the face of social media. Um, and it makes people feel comfortable. I know with me, it's been huge. Um, I would probably say 50% of the people that bring cars to me, they, they seem to know, they know who I am. You know, they know Blake or they've heard of me, you know, whatever. Um, and and really, I think- really build that relationship and that trust with yeah. you prior to, before they even walk into your shop. And that's so important. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I'm supposed to be seeing you in a couple of weeks at SEMA. I'm that's, super that's excited about it. Yeah, but I was, I was just too excited. So I had to bring you on here for, uh, for episode number one of the Auto Network podcast. Yeah. So as I was telling you right before we went on and I started recording, um, this podcast is all about learning. Um, it's about uh, bringing industry leaders and innovators together and having conversations like you and I are having right now. And um, I don't know if you've heard of dry ice blasting, but... Um, are you guys going to be getting into that? Um, no, because for us, it's, I've heard of it, but not in a sense of something that's going to change the way I run my business. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I ask you about dry ice is because I was thinking of industry, you know, you know, innovators here is it's really coming onto the scene pretty hot right now. And um, I know that you, um, you've brought in a lot of stuff. Um, you've brought in window tinting wraps um, ceramic coatings recently and all that right. stuff. So PPF. I didn't know if it would be something you'd be transitioning into. Yeah. Paint protection film, of course. But tell me a little bit more about that. Um, I may not have the full knowledge of the, uh, the dry ice blasting. Yes. Yeah. So dry ice blasting is basically, um, 
I would call it like sandblasting, but it's non-abrasive. A lot of people are using it to clean undercarriages of vehicles, um, clean in uh, inside uh, fender wells, fender liners, stuff like that. It's really, really cool stuff. Um, I think uh, I think there's definitely going to be uh, be a big need for it in the market. I think it's going to do really adapt, well. Once, once you apply it, are you are you uh, applying any type of protective layer on top of that metal, or are you just leaving it raw? I believe you just leave it raw. Leave it raw. Yeah. Okay, so you're getting yeah. Rid of all the dirt and the the corrosion. Yeah, but yeah the way that it cleans is just very interesting um i took a deep dive in it a couple of days ago and um because i started seeing a lot of videos circling around and uh it's it's really cool stuff um yeah yeah it's it's pretty it's mind-blowing actually yeah i remember seeing it's the really ad surprising on instagram um and i sat there and i actually watched it um it's it's pretty neat especially if you're doing a restoration on a vehicle um but in your case when you're growing your business or currently with what you're doing, because I, you know, I follow you on Instagram and I do see that you do calipers, you do wheels, you do detailing. How are you able to manage between all those services with only having three, uh, three members in your company? Uh, we're a very low volume shop. Um, very low volume. Um, we probably only see about an average of uh, 40 cars a month. Okay. Yeah. And, and I actually don't do any detailing. I just do ceramic coatings. So um, the reason why I do ceramic coatings, um, I also would like to say everything that we do here at the shop, we do at a very high level. And um, I do ceramic coatings because like I stated earlier, um, I had, uh, well, it was actually before we went live, but I've, I've been in auto reconditioning now um, for 11 years. And um, since I had been doing paint corrections and polishing cars for dealers and stuff for a long time, three-stepping, you know, rotary back in the day, you know, it's old school. Everyone's using random orbital Rupes polishers now and stuff like that. But um, it was a very, it, it was a no-brainer to offer ceramic coatings as a service, um, you know, having that background and, and doing that for so long. And, and I truly love doing uh, coatings and calipers and wheels and, um yeah, I just, I just kind of do what I want and I do what makes sense. And, and that's kind of what we do here, you know? Um, but the three main things that we do here are wheels, calipers, and coatings on a weekly basis. And we do, we do a lot of curb rash repair as well. Um, a lot of that stuff is not, you know, shown a whole lot on social media. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're pushing out there on social is, um, you know, big jobs, you know, wheel color changes, um, you know, the crazy stuff, the, the cool stuff, the, the calipers with the crazy colors, you know what I mean? So, um, but, but yeah, yeah. So um, it's, it's pretty easy to manage, I'd say, um, at the size that we are um, doing the volume that we're doing. And, and right now, the biggest you know, issue that I say we'd have, um, and it's not an issue, I don't mean to make it sound like it's a big deal, but it's just infrastructure. Um, I, I, you know, I believe every business has something that they need, right? Um, it could be, Absolutely. it could be, you know, new team members every other month or, you know, material or supply shortage. Um, you know, there, there's so many things, but for me, I just believe it, it's infrastructure. You know, I like my shop and I like where I'm at for, for my first shop here. And um, I don't want to move. I, I want to add space next to me, I have um, a couple of units that I would like to expand. So that's it. You know, as soon as we get a little bit more space, 
um, I believe we'll be able to scale and, and take on more work and get more equipment and stuff. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Si size is very important. And, um, you know, a lot of, excuse me, a lot of business owners, we fear taking on more space than what we need. Yeah. But reality is you always have to be proactive, get into a space, even if it's bigger, and then figure out a way to fill it up. And that's how you grow your business a lot faster than you would, than you would operating out of a small spot. Uh, yeah. Same thing with employees. A lot of us, yeah. we are delayed on, on hiring employees because we don't have the volume for it. But yeah. you always have to be proactive. Hire employees prior to gaining the volume. So that way yes. you, have, you already have the infrastructure to handle the bigger volume that's coming in. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's small things that, we're, uh, that I've learned throughout my time. And I'm still, it's yeah. something that I'm still working on. Absolutely. You know, um, I, man, Sam, you know, like I said, I, I've, I've made this podcast because I'm selfish and I want to learn from other people. <laughs> this is, this isn't, this isn't even really about reaching people. Um, if people want to come on and listen, that's great. Fantastic. I want to get listeners on here that want to learn as well. But, um, you know, I made this podcast to learn even more because some of the stuff that I've learned over the last year and a half has been so valuable for me. It's insane. And I would say, you know, one of one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned is um, you have to think a little bit bigger than you, you have to push yourself a little bit more and think a little bit bigger than what you normally would think. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's it's you know, the, the reason being is there's nothing wrong with being a small one man business. But um, I think if you want longevity, um, you know, because we all age, right? If you want longevity in your business, and you really want to add value to your business, I think you need to be a certain size. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, Absolutely. It's very important. In this case, if you're a one man show, at that point, I'd rather just work for someone. Because yeah. that's, at that point, you don't have a business. You're an employee in a possibly in a high stress, high demanding environment. Because if you're a one man show, if you get sick, you're not going to get PTO. No. That you actually have bills. You have bills other than personal bills. Now you have uh, business bills. If you're a one man show, just have a have a 40 hour per week job. And I'm sure you're going to get paid more because on top of it, you're probably going to get benefits in PTO. Yeah. So for me, once I jumped into business, I made a decision that my number one goal is to be a business owner and not be an employee. And that's a very tough decision to make. Because yeah. you have to, number one, you have to have the trust in your team members to perform as good, if not better, than what you're going to perform around yeah. your clients and around, around the employees that they're leading. Um, and that takes a lot. It takes a lot of courage in order for you to, tr to put all your trust in the team members that you're hiring. But that's the power of delegation. If you don't yeah. delegate, you're going to keep doing the same thing every single day. And then if you're not yeah. there, your business is not going to run. Yep, exactly. Exactly. You're, you're very right. You're very right. And we're right on the cusp of that with right now with Premiere. You know what I mean? The business not running when I'm around, you know? So. And, and that's a scary part. But yeah. again, everybody goes through that. Everybody starts at that point. Yeah. But it yeah. becomes your choice to either make that leap and overcome that fear of not wanting to hire anybody or not wanting to delegate your tasks to a team member. Or you can just simply 
um, you know, retract and continue being the person that you are, which is a small business that is dependent 100% on you. Yeah. Uh, and that's very stressful, man. That is very stressful because you're, I'm sure at that point, I mean, I've, I've been there and I'm, I still do a lot of that where you're working your ass off. If you're not there uh, on the weekends, jobs are not going to get delivered. Yeah. If you're not dealing yeah. with the client, the, the product is not going to come out up to their expectations. If you're not answering the phone, the quality of the of the phone call is not going to be the way you expect it. Those are those are the ways of us holding back. These are excuses as small business owners for the reason why we don't want to delegate tasks to team members because we're afraid yeah. of how the outcome is going to be. Um, yeah. So once we're willing to let go, and if it wasn't for Felipe, that would have been me not wanting to let go because I'm the type yeah. of guy where I want quality, quality, quality. Oh my God, nobody's going to do it as good as me. But Felipe was, he's the type of guy where like, dude, look, if you don't let your people make mistakes, they're not going to take charge. Yeah. And then it took me a while for me to understand that. But once I understood that They're not going to get better. Of, exactly. Once, once I understood that concept of them making mistakes means that they're actually learning something new. They're, tr they're, they're out of their comfort zone. Yeah. But of course, you don't want them to make the same mistakes over and over again. At that point, that's just the wrong employee on your team. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and you know, small things like this goes a long way. And it, and it also reverts back to making them feel important. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like they're contributing. Exactly. Um, whenever you're over their shoulder a lot and you're not letting them take hold and do enough, um, you know, it's showing that you don't trust them and maybe they're not that important, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing that I don't hear a lot of people talk about um is is ego um you know if you're going to run a successful business you know i believe that you you have to be you have to be somewhat humble and you have to let go of your ego um you have to be willing to work with other people and you have to um you know you don't know everything right you know i don't know everything you know it's just that's a big one too Again, as a leader, it's Monday, and and we we have been we were killing it all day. So, hey, Joseph, will you come check this out? Make sure that we're all good over here recording. I believe we are, but um, over here on Samson, where it says RTP, there's no uh, there's no recording icon like online. How does that look? Yeah, you're still recording. Okay. Yeah, as long as okay. your end's recording, you should be fine. Should be good. Okay. Awesome. All right, Sam. So I guess we'll have to go in and edit some of this out, but, uh, I think we're, I yeah. think we're good now, no, but, no uh, <laughs> but no, we, you know, you were just talking about, um, you know, really, really, you know, delegating and, um, and having faith in your team members and in, in delegation. So. Yeah. Delegation is so important. Yeah. But the way I look at it is, is if I can do it, there's people out there that can do it way better than me. But all it takes is me putting my trust in them. Um, yeah. It'll, it'll take you a long way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'd like to get into um, get into some of the equipment with you guys, you know, that you're currently using. Um, I see some of the stuff that you're using, um, like the... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm completely ignorant when it comes to this, but the, the wheel polishing machine that you're using. Yes. 
I've seen that, you know, as of recent. So I think that's a, a new piece of equipment for you. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I, I don't really understand it at all with the media and the tank and all that. Sure. So it's basically their vibrators. Uh, it's called ceramic polishers. Uh, it's a three-stage polishing machine. So it goes through stage one where it basically breaks down the wheel, uh, removes any imperfections. It's basically, um, it's basically detailing the wheel at a very rough grip. That's the first stage. The second stage, that's where it'll start smoothing it out. And then the final stage, that's where the ceramic balls go in to bring that shine out of the wheel. So instead of having to do it all manually, now you have the capability of having a machine do it for you. And the end result is phenomenal. The end result looks like glass, almost like a mirror finish. Um, and those, those machines were a very big investment for us, but it gave us the ability to stay consistent and not have to put so much labor intense work on our, on our employees. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So how many of those machines do you guys currently have? So we have two. Um, what we do okay. is the first, the stage one and stage two, we basically alternate them. And okay. then the final stage has its own, has its own machine. Okay. Okay. The final, okay. Has its own machine. Um, how long would it take you guys to do a set of four with that machine? So in this case, each depending on how the wheel comes in. If the wheel is already pre-polished, all we're doing is repairing a polished wheel. All it needs to do is it goes into stage two and then the final stage. Okay. And then usually it's two hours per machine. So it takes us about four hours. Okay. And you can only do one uh, wheel at a, at a time, correct? Correct. One wheel, one wheel per machine. Um, at okay. that point, a lot of times we have to go in and do like maybe a little bit of manual work. Uh, where we have to detail the wheel in certain areas that's a little bit too rough uh, for the machines to get out. Uh, but still, right. it's less less labor-intensive compared to having to do the whole process from the start until the end. And we have the ability okay. to convert a powder-coated finished wheel into a high-gloss uh, polish as well. Really? Yeah. So if, if a client comes in and he's wanting to convert his wheel, he, he's looking to convert his wheels into chrome, yeah. We don't we can do chrome, but we can do something very similar to it, which is a conversion into a ceramic polish. Okay, wow, wow. So um I'm guessing you guys are using chemical stripping for your wheels or are you using the uh the oven that that uh that heats up to like eight hundred degrees and actually you know burns off the the powder coat? So in this case we're using um chemicals, so ceramic uh, stripping chemicals. And okay. that stripping chemical is inside of a tank that's being heated at, I think, 180 to 200 degrees. Okay. Just to speed up the process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of losing you a little bit again. So it's extremely. Okay. Um, my apologies. I'm just a little laggy. That's all. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, it's fine. Not a big deal. I can, I can always switch. Um, you know, I'm, I am sitting a little bit further away from, from my internet connection. Yeah. But, um, I got you on, on hotspot. So that, that should be a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, pretty good case, right the, now. The stripping, the stripping is, is it better now? Yeah. Sorry. There's just lag. So That's why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just let me know if there's more lag. I'll just, I'll, I'll transition from this room to somewhere else. No, you're fine. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Okay.
Perfect. So in this case, yeah, the stripping process, we know that powder coat is extremely difficult to get off wheels. It's like cement. Um, so we have to utilize uh, chemicals along with heat for it to be broken down. And usually takes us about two to three hours per wheel to strip. Really? Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. 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 You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm, what I'm hearing pretty industry standard. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, all of the powder coating that you see here at my shop, it's, it's all, um, it, it's, it's not in-house. I'm not doing in-house powder coating here. So we're doing the in-house painting and we do, you know, custom inlaid paint and stuff like that on wheels and um, custom brake calipers. All that stuff is done in-house. So um, I'm actually not powder coating. We, we really don't have the space for it currently. So that's why I like to ask these questions. I'm just curious. Do, do you plan on getting to that point eventually? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think as soon as, um, I think as soon as we get, we get big enough, you know big enough as in pit enough space you know what i mean um because i you know i'm thinking honestly to have a really good operation we're really going to need a, a dedicated you know a couple thousand square feet to just powder coating oh absolutely it has to be a clean area where there's no cross contaminations uh and typically we like to separate it into its own department um so that way exactly. the, powder, the powder is not flying throughout the whole entire shop and affecting your brake calipers or affecting the ceramic coating that you're doing or the liquid painting. Uh, so it's very important to have a big facility just to kind of eliminate a lot of the uh, impurities that could actually cause you to do more work because you're having to redo a lot of the wheels at that point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So whenever it comes to a lot of the repairs that you guys get, um, are you like me where you don't always refinish the entire wheel? Sometimes you just do a spot in, um, you know, with liquid paint and stuff like that. Do you guys have dealer accounts that you do small repairs for? We don't. So in this case, we're, we're not a mobile unit and we are not a touch up repair facility. We do full yeah. restoration. So the minute the wheel comes in, whether it has a small curb rash or a big curb rash, we're stripping it to the bare metal and we're rebuilding it back up using powder coat. Well, that's, you know, I think that's great. I think that's absolutely the way to do it. Um, because you, you shouldn't be questioning every job that comes in, right? You know, are we going to just try to spot this in? Or are we just going to look, just we're going to do it right. We're going to strip down the wheel. We're going to start over new. I really like that. I think that uh, I think that's definitely the way to go. Um, yeah, you're, it's, there's consistency between you and your client. When you build consistency yeah. and your client already knows what to expect out of your shop, turnaround time, quality, communication, customer service, when all of those are yeah. consistent, you got no fear of losing that client. Even yeah. if you make a mistake every now and then, that client is going to keep coming back because he already knows the minute he gives you a product, he knows what that expectation is going to be when he gets it back. Absolutely. When, when, when you're doing touch-ups, we tried it. When we do touch-ups versus powder coat, we started doing touch-ups after we did powder coat. Uh, that was basically, I think that was 2020, maybe late 2019, we started doing touch-ups. And our clients were expecting the same quality out of our touch-up repairs. Yeah, and then yeah. We started losing a lot of the, a lot of clients because, yes, we were being, they were being charged less, but still expecting the high quality of the powder coat. And so exactly. we realized, you know, if we're going to be in every single industry, if we're trying to do everything that's related to wheels, 
we're never going to be experts in anything. Uh, and that's why we completely let go of the mobile side, the touch-up side. And we said, you know what? We're only going to attract clients that really want the quality and those that are willing to pay our price. Um, and that's, that's the reason why we excelled the way we did. We did one yeah. thing and mastered it. Exactly. You know, I, I absolutely think that's the way to go. Um, you know, in, in my situation, um, doing some of the dealer accounts that I really don't, um, you know, I'd like to keep that relationship as of right now. Um, I think it makes sense for us to stick with the small touch of repairs. Um, you know what I mean? It's, it's much more cost effective, like you were saying. So, right. you know, and, we, and we still do a lot of those. Size of your shop as well. Um, yeah. Sometimes you can accommodate. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're, you know, high volume at your size, you know, quality control, you know, it, it could be tough. It could be tough. You know, if you had a, if you had a couple of really good wheel techs though, you know, it might make sense, you know, but uh, you know, really, unless if you have those guys there 24 seven taking care of you, then uh, yeah, you just need to refinish the whole thing. Right. So there's moments when we started offering the touch up repair service, yeah. You get a client that comes in, we're doing touch up and we re-clear the whole entire wheel because that's, you know, I want to make sure quality's good. And we look at it like, there's no way I'm delivering a wheel that looks like this. Yeah. So the top of is very minimal. I still send the wheels back through the whole entire process to get it stripped and powder coated because I'm not going to put my name on quality that we don't approve. Um, and we ended up losing more money doing touch-ups. Yeah. So at that point, I said, you know what, let's eliminate it. Uh, during that time, we had bought, we purchased a mobile unit. I hired an experienced technician on it. Uh, it just didn't work out the way we wanted it and ended up, luckily I sold it, um, I think about six months ago. And we said, you know what, man, just stick to one thing, master it, build efficiencies around it to the point where nobody else can beat you on it. And at that point, yeah. you're going to make the money that you need. You're going to attract the clients that are willing to pay your price. And yeah. uh, that's what we started chasing after. Absolutely. So it was... It was literally about a year ago that I was on Instagram and I saw some of the nice calipers that you guys were putting out. And I automatically said, I said, this is it. I said, this is something that I know that I can implement in my business today and do it well. And I'm going to be the best in central Oklahoma at it. And you were, you were the inspiration for that a hundred percent. And, um, you know, through my knowledge of, you know, painting in the industry and in watching you guys work and, you know, you do a lot of videos and stuff. I don't do a lot of videos around here, um, mainly because we're so busy. I'm still physically working. Um, I run the business and I work every single day. So um, as far as content goes, I put out what I'm comfortable putting out and what I have time to put out. You know what I mean? But, um, but, uh, you know, you know, back to the, to the calipers, um, you know, they've, they've become huge here for me and, and I absolutely love doing them. And I knew, I knew after watching your methods and, and how you guys do them that, uh, that it was going to be the right move. And it has been, it's been a huge move. Um, you know, we've served three different customers from out of state this year that have traveled to come see me to get their calipers done. And it feels really good you know, that someone's willing to drive a few hours just to get some calipers painted. So, uh, it's, yeah. it's been awesome. So yeah, I just, I just wanted to tell you, thank you for, uh, for that inspiration all the way in Atlanta. So it's, uh, it's awesome, man. 
you know, it makes me feel really good. The fact that we're able to add a little touch to the industry, we're able to contribute yeah. to this industry. And, you know, my number one goal is to leave a stamp in the automotive world. Um, and the fact that I'm able to influence uh, something in your shop all the way out in Oklahoma, it really makes me feel really good. Uh, and it gives me a little bit more of a push to share even more on social media, uh, to spend that extra hour of editing a video and putting a video out there. Uh, because if I'm able to change the life of one person, that's all I need. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Sharing that with yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, so we're going to get ready to wrap it up here, I think. But, okay. um, man, I really look forward to seeing you here at SEMA in Vegas. We got about two weeks, and I'll be there. Um, you'll be getting there a little bit before me, I believe, right? You're, getting, you're showing up Monday. That's the goal. Okay. Um, I'll be getting into town on Wednesday. So if you have time, I'd really like to get with you. I don't know if you have dinner plans on Wednesday. But um, I, I really want to spend some some more time with you and, and chat some more. I would love to, man. Hopefully one day uh, we'll be able to invite you down to Atlanta. That way we can show yes. you our operation, how we do things. See, my vision, I don't know if you saw my story recently, but on Sunday I had my first uh, business mentorship group that came out, uh -huh. local businesses. And uh, we just, we spoke about business. I taught them um, uh, about how to manage their money and how to be able to scale. And my vision moving forward is one day to have a conference for all the automotive um, businesses that are out there throughout the nation, wheel repair, customization, anything that deals with automotive for us to meet under one roof, for us to influence one another, for us to contribute yeah. to each other's growth. So that way we can truly be business owners and stop struggling in our own businesses because we're constantly having to be there. Um, and that's the vision that I have. Um, and hopefully within within a year, maybe I'll be able to accomplish that. I'm, I'm trying to work around the clock. And just like you said, you're still having to work in your business. And yeah. Concentrating on social media is difficult. Same thing for me. I'm operating in my business every single day because, you know, we have two locations. Now we're having to double our team. So I'm still having to be there. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what, man, there's there's so much that I can offer the people that are out there, whether, you know, it's like your shop in a completely different state. So let me spend that extra 30 minutes and let me post on social media. Um, and, you know, it's, it's definitely going to pay off in no time. And hopefully we'll be able to one day create a, 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 a wheel repair community and a customization community. Where yeah. We have some sort of standard and some sort of um, conventions where everybody's able to meet and learn from one another. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're working harder today, so you don't have to work hard tomorrow, right? Exactly. 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 Yeah. That's, that's the You're always going to work, right? But the thing is, if there's a passion, if there's a fire deep inside, it doesn't yeah. feel like work. You're doing something that you love. And that's how it is for me. Like I'm willing to work seven days a week like this. Uh, yesterday, last night, I came home and I came at 10 p.m. after finishing what, what I had to do at work. I was like, man, the weekend is already over. I didn't realize that I already worked all these seven days because when I'm working, I'm, I'm actually, I'm happy deep inside. I'm satisfied because there's this vision that I'm trying to bring to life. Yeah. So even, even when I achieve what I'm trying to achieve, there's always going to be that bar that's being raised uh, every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sam. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. 
I will see you in a couple of weeks. SEMA, SEMA 2021. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Let's make it happen. Absolutely. You have a good night, man. Thank you. Do you mind if I share some of those videos of us uh, speaking? Please. On uh, on Instagram, so that way we can get people to, uh, to tune in and also people to start following you as well. Yeah, please. I would love that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And um, whenever you start, you know, when, whenever you're done with editing your videos, if you could send me, send me the clips that way I can, I can create some, uh, uh, some small clips out of them and post them on my page as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I will do that. Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm hoping to get this up and going and edited um, hopefully within um, a few days to a week. I don't know yet. Um, just as soon okay. as I can. It's a new process to me, so I don't really know uh, timelines and stuff like that. But you have someone that's going to be doing the edits for you. Um, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to try to do the edits, um, okay. you know. Yeah, but um, this is going to be very we'll easy see. because it's, it's consistent communication compared to like trying to put a video together. Um, for me, yeah. I try to, for me, I try to delegate my tasks as much as I can. So instead of spending time learning how to do something, I can hire someone and they'll be able to do it within a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. But I'm able to devote my time on something that I'm familiar with and I'm able to yeah. excel it a lot faster. And plus my motivation is going to be a lot stronger compared to trying to learn something that I'm not good at. Um, yeah. You know, so that's <laughs> it's just my way of thinking. Um, but no, oh, man, I'm, all... I'm right there with you. Yeah. But yeah, we'll job, see, man. we'll see with this one. Yeah, no, good, good job with what you're doing, man. It takes a lot, uh, to be able to, uh, to do what you're doing, especially after having a long day at work. Yeah. I really appreciate it, Sam. Yeah. Thank you for all the inspiration, man. So absolutely, man. thank you. I really um, appreciate it. so like I said, I'll see you soon. Um, I want to, I want to take you to dinner in Vegas. Um, really, you know, it. When, Wednesday night is really going to be the best day for me, but look, I, I'll try to be as flexible as I can with you. And, um, I really want to, uh, to take in as much as I can of the show as well. So I don't know what your itinerary is, but you know, we'll get together on that and figure it out. As we get closer, we'll communicate even more. Um, and I'll be looking forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Sam. Absolutely, man. You All have right. a good night. Good night, man. Bye-bye.